One more time, make some noise for the band. If you have your Bibles, open them up. John, John chapter 21. We did it. We got through the book of John. Very high level uh, view of it as we just skipped a bunch of chapters as we said, hey, here's what chapter 12 is about. Here's what 13 is about. I encourage you. Why, why, why wait? Go back and read it. It is awesome. But John chapter 21 is where we're going to be at. If you remember, as you're turning there, the last chapter of John, is you remember last night we talked about the gospel. We talked about the good news and what Jesus did for us. In there, I did say there was a moment where Jesus was with the high priest, with the Jewish people, and uh, he was getting, you know, beat up and spit on and, you know, humiliated. And he walks out and he sees Peter from across the road or the, the way they lock eyes uh, and they see each other according to different gospels. And I want to start of a, a, a spot here uh, as we're wrapping up tonight where Peter saw Jesus come back and he rose again. And he was inside a room where he saw Jesus rise and come, and they had a little interaction. But here back in the Sea of Galilee, Jesus appears once again to his disciples when they were out fishing, doing what they normally do. And he calls them over, and they have breakfast together. And then Jesus is going to pull Peter aside, and it says this, chapter 21, verse 15. When they'd finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, tend my sheep. Jesus said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, do you love me? And Peter once again said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you, Jesus said to him, then feed my sheep. Peter here is restored by Jesus, and Peter is sitting probably with some guilt and some shame of his past that he, that he had, and Jesus is like, let's set the record straight. No more guilt, no more shame. Do you love me? Yes. Good. Now let's get to work. I have a job for you, Peter. No more guilt, no more shame. That's not from me. I'm all about love and mercy and grace. And I want to start tonight out for us to understand that no matter where you've been, if Christ is your Lord and King, no more shame, no more guilt. Let's live in the truth of the gospel. And if we fall and we stumble, let's confess it to our Savior. Let's confess it to our youth pastors, our parents, our grandparents, whatever that might, might, might mean to you. And then let's get busy doing God's work, loving people and showing off his glory because there is a lost, hurting, and dying world that desperately needs Jesus. And he wants to use us to tell people about him. Would you pray with me as we begin? Lord, thank you for this evening and thank you for Peter and as we wrap up John can we just quickly even just understand uh, just Peter and what this looks like of him being restored to ministry not wallowing in guilt and shame but knowing he is forgiven and his job to do is to point people to you to show off your love 
Thank you for Peter's life and thank you for us that we have been restored because of you. And now we have a job to do. We get to tell people about the one that we love the most, you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Uh, a few weeks ago, me and my daughter, Isley, we went to another camp out in Missouri. Uh, and on this camp property, is really cool. They actually have a cave that you could go down into. Now, it's not a public cave at this point. They're still testing it out with people. They asked me if I wanted to come. And I was like, yeah, could my daughter come? And they're like, we've never really had like a little kid come with us except for the director's kid. And they're like, sure. I mean, she, how old is she? I was like 10. Uh, is she adventurous? Oh, she is. And they're like, sure, let's do it. So I asked her, Isley, I was like, hey, do you want to go in a cave? She's like, you bet, Dad, right? So here's a picture of the cave, right? So you can see behind it. Um, it's a little rickety ladder that's kind of attached with bubble gum to the side of this hole. And uh, we, we repel down, or we go down inside it. They want to actually start repelling down there, but they're not there yet. And then inside the cave, of course, uh, you know, it's kind of tough to take all these different pictures, but there is a point where we're crawling on our belly, you know, through this li lower little level, which some of you might get claustrophobic. I apologize, but we're just exploring this whole cave system and we're going deep down under ground. It is awesome. And then I shoot this picture as we come up out of this like small little spot of the cave into uh, this next part where I just shot this picture here. One more picture there of Isley just kind of taking in the, the, the cavern here. And it was, it was huge. And we're finding all these little nooks and crannies and it was awesome. Well, one spot we were deep into this cave, and they said something interesting. They're like, hey, everybody, go ahead and grab a seat. And I was like, hey, Isley, you want to come sit by me? She's like, no. So she sat somewhere else. She was just enjoying the cave. So she sat way over there, and I sat here. And uh, the guy leading us, he's like, all right, do me a favor, everyone, shut off your lights. And we all shut off our helmet lights, and it was pitch black. Couldn't see anything. And Isley's like, oh, no. And I could hear because she doesn't love the dark too much, right? And, uh, and here's the thing. Honestly, if I tried in that moment to find my daughter, I don't know if I could have. I don't think we fully understand dark like that kind of dark. We, we look outside here tonight. As you go out, you'll, we're actually going to walk to Victory Circle. And even as it's dark, it's still not completely dark because there's lights. There's emergency exit lights and all that stuff that's on our way out there. You'll still see some light. But there, complete darkness, and there was no sound at all. You don't hear traffic. You have, you hear nothing. It's pitch dark, and you can't hear anything. And I'll never forget, I, I hope I never forget, this was just a few weeks ago, but it was so impactful for me, is the guy starts talking and just in a low voice, and he's over here somewhere, and I can't even see him, and he starts saying, it's very sad that we live in a broken world where people are living in darkness, and it's so dark they don't even know what light looks like. And this is how a lot of people live their life. And he says, and we are called the light of the world. And he pulls out his phone. And he doesn't turn his light on on his phone. He just pulls out his phone and he just turns on, just presses the opening screen, which that's not that bright to us. But in that room, in that darkness, you would have thought it was the biggest flashlight in the world. Because where darkness is at, when light hits that darkness, it doesn't remain dark anymore. And I'm sitting there watching and he's talking about some other things, but I'm fascinated on how that small little light is starting to light up the cave around us. 
And I started thinking how silly it would be if he takes this little light out and instead of shining it for all of us, he puts it on himself and he blocks the light and he's just shining the light on himself and just on his own small little path. How silly that would be because in that moment, I'm desperate for that light. My little daughter who's afraid of the dark is desperate to be in that light and I would just hope that he would share that light with me. I would imagine most of you know where we're going with this. That we are called the light of the world. Here's what I want to do. I want to go back to John 1 that we started. Because in light of what we talked about, listen to this passage. It's awesome. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Without him, nothing was made. Here we go. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Did you hear what that just said? Light shines in the darkness, and the the darkness can't overcome the light because the light is that powerful. Friends, like Peter, we're forgiven, so we have a job now to do. Go love. Go show God's love to people. You have no love to give. You only have his love to give, so go give that love. We're called to shine. What light? You don't have light. You shine his light to a world that desperately needs it. And the power of one little light, you guys, has the ability to light up darkness. And you have been given the responsibility to go into your schools, into your homes, and be that light in the midst of the world that we live in. Let's do this. Jackson, back there, he's our, he's our light tech. He's awesome back there. Jackson, do me a favor. Jackson, do me a favor. And nobody freak out, just take this in for a second, all right? I just want you to understand the power of light, right? Jackson, make the room dark for me. So even this, even this, we get other light around us. And look at this. Look at what this other light does. And then I turn on my little phone here, right? And it doesn't, it doesn't work that well, but you get, you get just a little bit of light. And now I can actually see the front row. But we start to think about, and, and again, I notice people are doing that, right? You got your little lights shining around here. That's, that's cool. All these lights that are different, that are lighting up the people next to you. And then you got these lights like this. Jackson, throw one on for me. What do you got? This right here. Look how that one little spot lights up the room a little bit more. Just the small little light where light exists, darkness cannot exist. You have another light for me, Jackson? What's a, so take a look at this. Now look, it's the same light just in a different kind of way. And I think that's interesting because we're all uniquely gifted by the power of the Holy Spirit in us to shine the same light, maybe just in a different way. Throw the lights on for me there, Jackson. The Spirit is promised to us in chapter 14. It says this, John 14, these things I've spoken to you while I'm still here, but a helper, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things and bring in remembrance all that I have said. Check this out. 
The Spirit reminds us of the truth of who God is. The Spirit gives us gifts to build up the church. And the Spirit goes before us and helps us tell people about Him. So with the Spirit's help, we are able to savor the gospel. We are able to show the gospel and we are able to share the gospel. Savor, show, share. Three words I just want to quickly talk about. Savor. The Spirit reminds us of the truth. Friends, the gospel has changed all of our lives in this room that call themselves Christ followers. If you forget how the gospel has changed your life, you're going to have a very hard time sharing that gospel and truth with other people. So, up here it has been easy because twice a day we're in here worshiping God, remembering the truth. Don't stop doing that. Let the Spirit remind you of the truth. Ephesians 4, to live a life worthy of the calling. Psalm 30, 139 says, God, may you search me. May you know me. If there's anything in me that shouldn't be, may you get rid of it. That you're constantly remembering and refocusing on him. May you confess because he's faithful to forgive. This relationship has been restored. So let's not live as if it's broken. We get to enjoy God. So friends, let's enjoy him. Let's not get sidetracked on other things. Let's remember who we are in truth of the gospel. Let's savor the gospel. Let the spirit remind us. Let it transform us. Here's something if you're taking notes when it comes to savoring the gospel. Can, you, can I encourage you to write this question down? How has the gospel transformed me today? The gospel isn't just a one-time message, friends. The good news of who Jesus is and what he came to do should mess with you in a good way every single day. And if you find yourself distant from God tomorrow, can I encourage you to look at the cross that day? And say, God, how can the gospel transform my heart and my mind today? The spirit that God has given us, his spirit will remind us of the truth. May we savor the gospel. May we show the gospel, the second one. We only got three. Savor, show, and share. So we're on the second one, so stick with me. Show it. How do we show the gospel? John 13, Jesus says, a new commandment I give you, love people. People will know you're my disciples. People will know that you follow me by the way that you love. Love one another. Shine is a church body. And here's the cool thing. You're not showing off your love. You have no love to give. It's an overflow as you're filled up with his love. It literally overflows into everything else and everyone else. Show off his love. That will shine in the midst of darkness. It just will. His light will shine if you love. Now, how, where do we start? What if we started in our youth groups? What if we started in our churches that we came up here with? Because here you guys have a bunch of friends you've come together with and you, you have a good time and it's easy right now because you're talking with each other, you're doing rec together, you're worshiping the Lord together, you're interacting, you're talking about God. Why would we stop? Please don't let distractions and petty arguments stop you from showing off God's love in your youth groups. Ephesians 4, don't let the sun go down in your anger. Don't give the enemy a foothold. Romans 12, 18 says, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with one another. 1 Corinthians 12, 
And Ephesians 4 talk about these gifts that we've been given to build up the church body. Stop and think about that for a moment, that you have uniquely been gifted with experiences, with gifts from the Lord to not just hold on to them, but to build up your church. Our church at Arbor Road down in Long Beach, our junior high department has decided every Sunday morning to meet and become greeters at the front door when people come in. And I love it. It used to be a bunch of older people. And now the junior hires are like, no, 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 we can do this. Why? Because they're junior hires, man. They eat some donuts and they shake some hands really, really quick, right? They have unique talents and passions. As new people come in, man, these junior hires are jumping off the wall, excited to meet new people. That's such an amazing gift that only you can bring. Please don't just go to church and show up and then say, you know what, youth pastor, entertain me, because that's not church. Be a part of your church body. Use your church, your, your unique gifts to build up your youth group first. Build up your church body as a whole. Why? So that we would be a city on a hill that would be a place that we'd want to bring people that don't know the Lord to that church. Friends, use your gifts and build up your church body by the power of the Spirit. Spirit is uniquely gifted each one of you. So use your experiences, use your talents, your God-given talents, not just for your own glory. Use it to show him off in your church body. If you're looking for ways to do that, connect with your youth pastors. They would love to get you connected to build up the church. May we savor the gospel and may we show the gospel and may we share the gospel. May you share it. First Peter 3 says this, always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have, but do it with gentleness and respect. Always be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have. Without answering, I think I just need you to think about this. Are you Christians in the room ready to give an answer for the hope that you have? Do you know how to share the gospel? And some of you are like, well, I've never done it before, and it's pretty scary. I know, you haven't done it before. That's why it's pretty scary. The more you do it, the less scary it is. Well, it's really confusing. I don't know how to do it. It's just hard to really articulate it. You know what else is really hard to articulate? Minecraft. I, get, I have no idea about that game. Listen, I, I've seen Minecraft around for the longest time. I have no idea what that game is. I just don't understand it. Now, relax. Hang on. Relax. I could go into real caves, but then my daughter and my son start to play Minecraft, and they start doing these cave dives down in the middle of the earth, and I'm like so claustrophobic because I'm like, how do you even get out of this thing? My daughter started learning. She had no idea, and we were talking about Minecraft. She was trying to explain to me. I'm like, this makes no sense. The more she started talking about it, guess what? it started to make more sense as it was starting to be more clear the way she was articulating. She sat on my lap a little while ago and she's like, Dad, Minecraft. I was like, here we go. And she goes off on it. Why? Because she actually spent time doing it and talking about it. Now here's where you might be sitting. Wait, so the more I talk about it, the more people come to know the Lord? No. Just because you talk about it, just because you share it, doesn't mean they're going to give their life to the Lord. Do you have the power to save yourself? No. So you don't have the power to save anyone else. That's a relief. 
It's not your responsibility to save anyone because you can't even save yourself. You're not called to save people. You're called to share the hope that you have. It's his responsibility. The spirit softens hearts or he doesn't. We just have to be ready. We just have to be obedient. Matthew 10 says this, as Jesus is sending out his disciples, he's saying persecution is going to come, but don't let that stop you. And he says this, don't be anxious of how you're going to speak or what you're going to say, for what you're going to say will be given you in that hour. For it's not you who speaks, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. We've been giving the Holy Spirit, those that are Christ followers in the room, you're going down the hill tomorrow with the best part of Hume Lake. God is going down the hill with you in, this, in his spirit that he's given you, those that are Christ followers. And he hey, will remind you of the truth. He's given you gifts to build up the church body. And he's going before you and giving you opportunities to tell about the hope that you have in him. He's the one that will soften the hearts. He's just asking you to be obedient and follow him. In that cave, when there was darkness all around me, and that guy pulls out his phone, I was just thinking how crazy, how foolish it would be, and, and how embarrassing for that guy if all he did was he took his phone and shined it on himself, right? And he shined that light just on his small feet and in and his little path here and not letting anyone else see it. And how sad and selfish that would be. And friends, I hope that's not us. We've had an opportunity this week to come up here and hear about the gospel, the good news. Your friends weren't able to come for whatever reason. But God is uniquely sending each one of you home. Not me, not your youth pastors. You, uniquely to your schools, your friends, your soccer teams, your baseball teams. You. And he says, you be the light of the world. You shine. Not your light. You shine my light. But don't worry, I'm giving you a helper. And he's going to remind you to savor the gospel. He's going to help you show the gospel off in your church body. He's going to help you share the best news and friends. If it's changed your life, why would you hold on to it? Why not share and shine his truth and his love to anyone and everyone that would listen? And I hope you do. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for these students the counselors and the youth pastors that were here this week. And as we bow our heads now and we are wrapping up this portion of camp, we're not done yet. But as we have this moment here, bowing our heads before you, O holy God, I pray, God, that your spirit moves in our hearts reminds us of who we are in you, that we could savor you and what you do in our lives daily. We could show you off, God, in our youth groups, in our homes, in our churches, and we, could, we can share of the hope that we have because of the power that you've given us. 
And for those that yet not, that, that don't yet believe in you, Lord, I pray that as they leave this room, that your spirit moves in their life, softens their life, their, their hearts, and they can't even leave this place until they say, Lord, I need you. Thank you for this camp. And thank you for the decisions that were made and the students that were here. Thank you for meeting each one of us where we're at. And Lord, may you lead us and may simply follow where you are leading us. Thank you for being a good, faithful father. And thank you for being the truth that we can trust. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.